Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the Dealcaster Sponsorship Coach, founder of Creator Wizard, which is a school and community that teaches you how to find and negotiate your dream brand deals so that you can stop leaving thousands on the table. Mr. Justin Moore, welcome to the show. He's got the light flat. Let's go. I'm you know what? After that sizzle intro, I turned on the strobes back here because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't come on with like really like, hey guys, I can't come on with that energy. I got to like feel like I'm in a club right now. But I'll just, I'll go back to the, just the normal lights. But yeah, that was, uh, well, hey, you know, I, I hey, that we're was, on Amazon. That it's all about pattern interrupts, right? <laughs> Getting people's attention, you know, like, oh, look at me. I'm on your page. Come over and watch my live stream. So, hey, you know, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with, man. And the LED light strips are in the carousel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, thank you so man. much. I know you have a ton of stuff going on and I know you're speaking soon at CEX and, and there's, a, there's a lot of stuff going on in your world as there always is. But uh, I'm glad we could, uh, we could coordinate this and have you aboard because I really, uh, I really think what you're doing right now as a sponsorship coach is is providing so much value to uh, to the creator community, and I think it's you know I'm sure you would agree. Right now, it's 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 almost more important than ever, right? Because there's the quantity of all of these creators is just going up and up. Yeah, you know the interesting thing. Um, I was looking at some research while I was pulling together my um, my presentation for for CEX, um, and I was just pretty amazed at some of the studies that have been done recently that uh, talk about the percentage of income or the percentage of creators who derive their largest bucket of income in their business from sponsorships, right? I think that, you know, when you're starting out as a creator, it's the most obvious way that you think about to, to monetize, right? It's like, okay, this brand will, you know, they're going to they're going to email me and they're going to say, hey, we're going to pay you 500 bucks and talk about you on our live stream or talk about you on your YouTube or Instagram or whatever, right? And so it's just like, a, it's a very simple thing to understand as like a very, as kind of the first way that you monetize oftentimes. Yes, affiliate marketing, but like, you know, it's really that prize kind of like, hey, I'm going to pay you 500 bucks. It's like a flat fee. It's not dependent on performance, right? Um, and so I was just really surprised. There were two studies that I that I um, looked at recently. One that said that uh, 60, uh, 66% of creators say that brand deals, sponsorships are, uh, you know, their largest chunk of income. And then another one with a larger sample of about 2,000 creators said that 77% of them uh, of them said that sponsorships is really what drives their business. And so, you know, that's why I'm so excited to be in this space, helping creators, helping coach creators around this topic, because there's just so much money you can make. Uh, and there's honestly so many mistakes that I'm, <laughs> I see being made. And so uh, I'm excited to kind of bring my, my expertise and experience to that, uh, to this space. Yeah. So Justin, that, so that's actually probably a good place to start. I mean, why do you, I mean, do you feel like a lot of us think like, oh, well, I've got to have this huge following and have all this proof before I can get a sponsorship deal. And so they wait and then they struggle. Or do you think there's a better way about it and in, in getting, you know, past, I guess, the the mind junk, as Chris likes to say sometimes. Yeah. And and that's what it is oftentimes. It's mind junk because especially I found that like oftentimes uh it was one brand that told you long ago, right? Like, you have to have 5,000 followers to work with our brand. And then you and in your mind think like, oh, I guess all brands are like that, right? And then you don't pitch brands. You don't work with brands. And so you, you have this arbitrary milestone. Oh, once I get to 10,000 subscribers or followers or whatever, that's when I'm going to start reaching out to brands. That's when I'm going to be legitimate. That's when I'm going to I'm gonna feel comfortable reaching out and making a pitch and things like that, right? And so keyword 
me, right? A lot of it has to do with your own, like your own uh, imposter syndrome and your own confidence to like actually hit send on an email to a brand or sliding in their DMs or whatever. Uh, because what 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 can happen? They ghost you or they say no, which is a a vicious cycle. It's like okay, well, if that brand doesn't like me, then all these other brands don't like me too. And so, actually, a, a big part of what I do when I do coaching and my courses and things like that has a lot to do with confidence. It has a lot to do with mindset. It has a lot to do with understanding uh, that if you want to have a sustainable career as a creator and derive a lot of income from sponsorships, you have to have a thick skin. And how do you do that? It's through repetition. It's through going through it. It's through understanding how to craft a compelling pitch so that the brand feels stupid saying no to you. Um, there's just so much that goes <laughs> goes into this. But yeah, my, my major thing is that there's so much more value that you can bring to a brand than just a transaction, like, oh, I'm going to talk about you on my Amazon live stream, or like, oh, I'm going to talk about you on my YouTube, like, right? That's not the only way you can help brands. A lot of times brands don't know, don't like have no idea what they're doing. And so you can come in, you know, having this expertise, growing an audience to X thousand people. And then they look at you and they're like, whoa, like this person knows what they're doing. So to you, you're comparing yourself to all these other people on social media who are like killing it. But it's like in your little niche of the world, in your corner of the universe, there are going to be people, there are going to be brands who are very impressed by what you're doing. If we could back up a second, because you know, I, I think it's important that people understand um, kind of your story and, and wh where you've gotten to at this point. I think a lot of people that, are, that call themselves coaches or trainers or whatever, um, you'll find out that they don't actually do what they're coaching. And they don't actually they they don't actually carry the bag of what they're working with people doing. Um, you are an influencer. You are someone who has 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 a has a really cool story of what you and and your wife um, what you what you did years ago uh, to where you got now and how you developed what is now a creator wizard and and brand deal wizard and all the stuff that you've got going. But I think it's important that people understand like. You're in the weeds too. You're learning mm -hmm. um, as as it goes. It's not like you're talking to people, but not also doing it. So, can yeah. you? Uh, I, I know there's a question in there somewhere, but I'd love to kind of hear uh, <laughs> about what you and April uh, did and how it led to what now is Creator was. Okay, of course. So, when we started our first YouTube channel uh, in 2009, well, actually, it wasn't me. It was April. It was my wife. Um, at the time, she was not my wife. She was my girlfriend, fiance. I think fiance by that time. Um, and so this was, think about what was happening in the world in 2009. The top selling uh, phone in the world was the iPhone 3G. And then uh, when you, what you would use to call your friends and ask them uh, what time you were going to meet at the movie theater to go see the brand new movie Avatar. And then when you would get home from Avatar, you would pull up your computer to watch the top YouTubers in the world at the time, uh, Ryan Higa, Smosh, and Fred, <laughs> right? Okay, so wow. just to like give some perspective of what, how long ago 2009 was, you could not monetize on YouTube. There was no partner program, right? So all the creators who started out like us, it was like, it was very much a passion project, right? There was no way in which you could uh, like, like, like make revenue share from YouTube or whatever. And so, um, you know, in the beginning, so initially, my wife had started a beauty and cosmetics uh, channel. And so she was really into that thing. I was over here in my nine to five job. I was in medical devices straight out of school. So like com completely not in this whole creator space. And so brands started knocking. Initially, it was free products. Like, hey, we'll give you this free beauty product. And she was like, yes! Right? She was like, so stoked, <laughs> right? Um, and then, you know, after that happened for a little while, um, 
then, you know, we got the first brand who would say, hey, we're actually going to pay you for this. And we were just like, what? Like, you're going to pay us money to like talk about us on your platform, right? So this is like 2009, 2010, very early. And so uh, here I am, April, she's like, can you look at this contract for me? I'm like, uh, okay, here. I, I was like in business school. I'm like, I could do this, right? So I'm looking at the contract. No idea what, like, not, like we, none of us had any idea what we were doing. Like, I just want to be clear. Like, we literally were idiots. We had no idea. We made every mistake in the book, right? Um, and I remember, I remember distinctly sharing one of the contracts with our family lawyer and she was like, what is this? What are you doing on the internet? Like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> right. So I bless her heart. Like she helped, helped us and stuff, but like no one knew, no, like everyone was getting taken advantage of. No one had any idea what we were doing. And so when I say that we have made every mistake in the book, I mean it. We have done hundreds of sponsorships over the last decade, and we've made over $3 million doing it. So this is a major part uh, of, you know, the way in which our family, you know, as creators, we've been doing this full time for eight years now. Um, You know, and so like, when I say that I know (laughs) a thing or two about sponsorships is true. And then the other side of it, which I think is probably one of the most interesting pieces of, I guess, my, my, um, my skill set is that I've run an influencer marketing agency for about six years. Okay. And so what that is a completely different side of this, because it's one thing to like go to a brand and be like, Hey, pay me and my wife, like, you know, a couple thousand bucks, to like talk about your brand. But it's a very different thing to go to a, a, a very large media agency or a very large brand and say, Hey, pay me $500,000. And I'm going to help you work with 50 creators. Mm-hmm. Here is the strategy, the 30,000 foot strategy. Here's the platform strategy, the types of things, you know, places we need to be on. Should it be long form video? Should it be short form content? Should it be podcast? Right. So, like, who's the audience demographic? It's a very, very different pitch. And so, um, you know, that's the other side. So, I've helped uh, like hundreds of other creators make millions of other dollars through the agency. So, I have these two perspectives. And then when I started creating content to educate creators about two years ago under the Creator Wizard moniker, um, that's the perspective that I came at it with. I was like, look, yeah, there's lots of people out there who are saying, oh, I've been creators, I've gotten brand deals, like, and that's great. You know, you can you can do that. But it's really like the side of it is, that I say is like, hey, let me pull back the curtain and tell you this is how it's how it's working behind the scenes. Here's what the brand is saying or the agency is saying about you and they're not telling you. And here's why they're picking that influencer and not that influencer. And so I think that that's what has really resonated with people is it's just a very, someone told me recently, they DM me and said, I have never heard anyone talk about sponsorships the way that you have. And that's really, I think that's really the crux of it is that I just have a different perspective. Do you think it's just been a, like, it, why has it been such a secret? You know, like I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, for us too, like you are one of the few people that I've come across as like, oh, okay, that's how that works. That's how that works. And are, are publicly coming out with that information. Is it just because everyone thinks like, I want more for me. And the more I talk about it, maybe it's less for me. Is that is that what's a part of it, you think? That's a hundred percent what it is, I okay. believe. Because I think that there is a pervasive mindset of scarcity amongst creators in the creator mm. community generally. Because it's like, okay, if they see someone else get a deal, it's like, oh, that's bad for me. Like that, <laughs> like, man, I'm like jealous, like, right? And And I, here I am being like, no, like, that's a good thing. That's going to be you next week. Because let me explain to you what happens, okay? When that brand goes over and hires your niche neighbor, okay? <laughs> My friend Shelly says niche neighbor, right? Right. When they go and hire that person, do they just want to work with that creator from now until the end of time? No, they have to constantly attract new customers, right? So now what they're thinking is like, I need to go find 50 more people like that. 
<laughs> 50 more creators like that that I can partner with. So this is one of the most tactical tips that I can give is go follow everyone in your niche. Become a known quantity in their comment sections. Cheer them on when they get a sponsorship. Congratulations, right? This is amazing. This is a great partnership for you, right? Because as creators, we all know we have that little, you know, piece in our brain where we're a little concerned every time we do a partnership or a sponsorship that people are going to be like, how dare you sell out? Like, you know, you're just trying to get paid, right? And all this stuff. And here you are in the comments being like, get that bag. You deserve this. You're amazing. Right. And so instantly you're going to differentiate yourself and they're going to remember that. And so there's a couple of reasons why this is so important. Number one, uh, you are going to uh, start getting familiar with the types of brands who are partnering with creators in your niche, right? Genius, right? It's it's a very easy way to kind of like get on their radar. And then the second thing is that when they uh, eventually <laughs> partner with one of your dream brands, if you've been hyping them up for the last six months, you are not going to feel uncomfortable sending them a DM. Hey, congratulations again about getting this deal. Would you feel comfortable introducing me to the brand? Now you have to be in the background, you know, maintaining a robust social presence, and and you the creator, the other creator needs to feel comfortable that they can, you know, the they need to feel comfortable to recommend you to the brand. They're not right. going to want to like recommend some person who's like, hey, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to feel, you know, that's going to be a knock on my credibility if I recommend this person. Sure. But it's just like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy thing for them, for this creator that you're asking to do because you've been putting in the work. Amazing. Amazing. I'm, oh God, thank you so much for clarifying that. And we see that a lot and not just on brand deal front. Like there seems to be this underlying sort of competition, especially in the Amazon space. And it's like, listen, this pool is still very shallow in terms of the number of creators that are on this particular platform. And oh, by the way, Amazon's releasing a gazillion, a gazillion products a day. And my voice is different than Justin's voice, is different than Chris P. Giles' voice, is different than all of these, uh, these folks. And it's like, let's just do better. Let's just do <laughs> better content. There's, there's plenty to go around to, to lift all ships. So it kind of oh, yeah. like this, this goes into like, I've got a number of questions, but I'm going to grab this one here from, uh, from Alex, uh, over on LinkedIn, uh, Alex and anyone else who's on these other tubes, come on over to Amazon dealcasters.live and do this. I think when a lot of new, um, when people are new to this thing and they realize, Hey, I like products. I like the things that I have. Um, this question is always something that comes up. I'm new and reaching out to brands. What's step one? Where do I start? Is it just start doing it without contacting a brand so they can see you're using that stuff? Or yeah. is it cold Is it cold calling, which probably does not have a high success rate? But yeah. what's, uh, what, what do you say? All right. Well, first of all, I have a video on this exact subject on my YouTube channel. It's called How to Pitch a Brand Start to Finish. <laughs> okay. And it goes over this in particular. So if you want to go to my YouTube channel, check that out. I highly recommend it. Um, but uh, really, one of the most important things to uh, to think about when you know, you're know you trying to... You, you, you really are kind of like <laughs> starting at... at scratch. You have, you, have, you have nothing to go off of. You've never pitched a brand. You don't know what to say. Um, the first thing and most important and the easiest thing to do is to start tagging the brand organically on social media. Start talking about them. Because a lot of what creators think is like, well, if I talk about the brand on organically and they're not paying me, why would they ever hire me? <laughs> right? They, they think that they have this, this um, false belief. And what I'm here to tell you is that that is the exact opposite of the mindset you should have. Because almost every brand wants to partner with people who already have authentic affinity for their <laughs> brand and product. 
Not just that, when a brand has a campaign that they're trying to run, there are very specific things that you have to say as part of the partnership. So let's say that, you know, some brand, you know, sure, we have a bunch of sure products in the in the stream, right? Mother's Day, Father's Day is coming up. They probably have, I'm making this up, but they probably have some promotions around that. Oh, you know, you're, has your, you know, the your wife ever wanted to start a podcast? Oh, here's a, you know, promotion, blah, blah. I don't know, I'm making this up, right? But it's like, most brands have stuff like that. Go to their Facebook page, right? So the reason that they're going to hire Chris and Jim is not, is it's because they want to be able to have you say, hey, <laughs> it's 20% off today. This is a deal. Add it to cart and check out. Are you going to say that? organically when you're talking about the brand on your on your page? No, you're not going to say that. The other reason that that's so critical is because they need those sound bites of you saying, hey, you know, we love Sure. They're amazing. They help our business because then they're going to cut your two-hour live stream into a 30-second spot that they can run as TrueView on YouTube or as a, a newsfeed ad on Instagram and Facebook. So there are so many other ways in which the brand can get mileage out of the asset when they partner with you. And so in, in your mind, this is the the number one thing you need to do, I'm getting a little little off topic here, but like the easiest way to just get your foot in the door and start some of these initial conversations is just start talking about the brand on social media. Okay, because then, then they'll reach out to you and be like, hey, thanks for tagging us. Boom, your foot's in the door. Chris, I, I think we heard this from Monty last week, didn't yeah. we, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. great minds think alike, absolutely. Right? You know, yeah. use the product, don't, you know, because there's so many people like, want it given to them, but it's like, why should they give it to you if you have never shown that you're, you know, whether, you know, just being a fan, right? That is, is huge in, in getting that started. And, and it is, we've had that with, uh, with another company, Chris, right? They reached out to us because we're always promoting their product and we have never, we never had asked for anything. So it, I definitely think that that's a, a critical element in building that, uh, that even that brand awareness, if the brand doesn't know you're using them. And I loved how Monty said, like when a new product comes out, he'll say, wow, I really like this product. It'd be great to, you know, I might talk about it on Amazon sometime. He doesn't say, send me the product. He just says, I'm going to talk about it. Mm. Well, and the, the other the other quick note there is that <laughs> to tell you why this is a thing that brands care about, they actually pay for software tools called social listening software to figure out who's talking about them on social media. So this is, there's like an entire industry of these SaaS you know, tools with that cater that brands and agencies pay for to figure out, hey, who are our influencers in the space already talking about us? Because we want to reach out to them. We want to engage with them. We want to make sure that, you know, they want product, we'll send them product. They, if there's a campaign that's coming up, they're going to be a shoe in for that. So it's like, this is a thing. I'm not making this up. Right. Yeah, and I think I think I mean, one of the misconceptions too is like, um, okay, I really want to work. Like you, you mentioned, Sure microphones, right? So we'll use them as an example. We we do love Sure. We are speaking into Sure microphones right now. They're the best. They can use that clip now on their on their website, like you said, Justin. But if we never owned a Sure microphone or had Sure products, and we approached Sure, how interested would they be? in us because we're just going, oh, I really want an SM7B microphone because it's like the broadcast microphone that Justin Moore is using and Joe Rogan and all of these wonderful creators. It's like, sure, doesn't need to give you a microphone, right? So use their stuff and then you are truly an expert on whatever that stuff is. And then the brand is, seems to be more comfortable in uh, not all brands, but um, you know, this brand in particular would be more comfortable 
in working with you. So let's let me let me ask you a question here, Justin. I'd love to know what you feel are like the maybe the top mistake or mistakes that uh, new um, new influencers make. And I also want to kind of maybe have a second part to that question, and that is. Is one of them, or is one of them like they fall in love with that uh, that uh, porch that's full of boxes uh, in Amazon, and they they just are like, oh my gosh, look at all the products that I have sent to me, and they're really not th- they're thinking quantity over quality. Is that mm-hmm. another uh, sort of aspect? So, I'll be the first one to say that. I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with getting free products in the beginning. And let me clarify that. Because there is a art and science to uh, the way in which you execute a successful partnership with the brand, right? Them sending you the product, you evaluating it, you creating content about it. Uh, you know, potentially if it's another platform, you're actually, you know, sending them a preview of the video before you go live with your YouTube video or whatever it is, right? Then, you know, ensuring that they can provide feedback, you provide revisions, you actually go live with it, you invoice them. There's this whole process. I have another video on my channel uh, all about this, about like kind of start to finish how the process works. But um, the reason I say that is because there is something about getting some repetitions under your belt, right? Ensure working out all the kinks, like trying to understand, okay, like I want to make sure that, you know, when my dream brand reaches out, I don't screw it up, right? And so this is what I say. I don't, I say to people like, don't be too hard on yourself. We like, I, I accepted a free wine fridge the other day, y'all, like not that long ago. I was like $800 wine fridge. Yes, please. Right. But the difference was that there wasn't a laundry list of talking points. There wasn't a call to action. There wasn't, it was like, hey, they sent us the wine fridge, right? And we, yeah, we ultimately included it in one of our YouTube vlogs, but it's like, it's not, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very different thing when it's a, uh, you know, just like a product inclusion versus like, hey, this is a campaign, right? And so, so that's the first thing is that I just, I meet people where they're at. I don't, I don't shame people. I, I do give people a little bit of a tough, tough love sometimes, uh, mainly for sending crappy pitches, <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> Like, honestly, like, I'm going to, everyone in the chat is probably going to feel seen because I sent pitches like this too. Like, a lot of people slide into brands DM and DMs and they're like, I love your brand. Want to collaborate? <laughs> That's the pitch. <laughs> That's the pitch, right? And so, uh, like, uh, imagine being the brand, right? And receiving that and they're just like, delete, right? Like, that, there's nothing about that that's interesting in any way, right? And so, I... My courses and a lot of my content is all around this. Like, how do you be interesting? How do you create something that is that actually serves them, not you? Mm. Right. A, a lot. The crux of a lot of what I talk about is like, it's not about you. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like when you work with brands, like you are the conduit for mm. the brand to actually access a huge pool of prospective customers, i.e., your followers. Right. And so it's like having this mindset shift around like, like what is the value that you actually bring to the table? It's a lot more than what you think it is. Yeah, and I've also I've also found that the the higher the level the brand that we've spoken to, the more of an idea of what they have to achieve uh, with it, with it. It's not just a, hey, we love your product videos. Uh, here's a selection of stuff that we'll send you for nothing. Do some more product videos. It's like a brand that knows what they're doing says we're targeting this uh, particular content creator because we want to target this demo with with this message. Uh, yeah, as a part of, like you said, uh, uh, of a campaign. So the, 
these dream brands, if you don't have your act together, if you're not that comfortable pair of shoes, if you don't, if, if you're, you don't, uh, you, you respond to them quickly, professionally, um, and make it easier for them. I mean, you're just, you're not, they're not going to be back. Well, the one thing you said in particular, I really want to double click on because it's very important. This whole aspect of being responsive, <clears throat> because let me explain what happens when a brand or an agency uh, decides like, hey, okay, we're going to run an influencer campaign. Okay. So what happens is there was so much work <laughs> that actually happened before the brand ever reached out to you. So this is what happened. The agency goes and they have a meeting with the brand. Okay. And the brand says, we want to be working with influencers. <laughs> and the agent and the agency says, oh, okay. And the brand says, okay, come put together a strategy for us. Okay. So the agency goes back, they meet with their internal team. They say, okay, we should be going live on Amazon Live. We should be on TikTok. We should be on YouTube, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> they put together a budget uh, proposal for the brand. Um, and then they go back, they have another meeting. The brand says, looks great. We are going to soft green light this strategy. Go find us some influencers that you think would be good fit. They're not going to reach out to you yet. Oh, you thought they were? No, not yet. They, now, the brand says, hey, these are the types of influencers that we think we want to partner with, okay? And so the agency set goes and they start doing their sleuthing, okay? They go around on the internet. They go around and say, okay, we think Jim and Chris will be good. Dealcasters lives. We think Justin, April and Justin, they're going to be good. Like, let's go and steal, right-click, steal their profile photo from their uh, from Google Images. Let's go take their bio from their About section on YouTube. We are going to put that in our proposal, okay? that we're going to then go and show the brand. So they do this with 20 other people, 30, 50 other people. Then they go back to the brand and say, hey, we think these 20, 30, 40, 50 influencers will be a good fit for this campaign. And then the brand says, hey, these 10 look great. Go reach out. Then the agency reaches out to you. So do you see how important that is mm. to understand? There's so much tire kicking that goes on behind the scenes before the brand ever reaches out to you. And do you know what that means? It's that you need to look at your creator identity, your brand, as your resume. Because they're going to be taking all of this stuff and putting it in their own pitch deck. And you have no control over what videos they show the brand. You have no control over you know what links, what profile photo. They could grab some old crappy photo on Google Images, right? So it's just like, Doing an audit, this is something I talk in, in a lot of detail in my content courses and stuff about, is like doing an audit of your own creator identity to ensure that when your dream brand is doing the sleuthing, that they're going to like what they see. That's amazing. And it just speaks to the fact that as when, whenever you go live, whenever you create content, you think nobody's watching. I mean, the content that we are creating, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, the folks here in the car buying public on Amazon, we see you, we see these questions piling up. But... It's our show. We get to ask first. Um, <laughs> this content lasts forever. When we go live, when we create this stuff, it's it. And if you treat it like that, if you go, okay, like you guys show, you see what we put into the show. We, there's a reason why we put it in the show. And if there, there could be three people watching, there could be 3 million people watching. Because I don't know if a year from now somebody watches the show. I don't know if two years from now somebody watches the show. Jim and I have a business that's outside of this as a particular stream of revenue for us. And this is another example of what we put on our resume, which is what uh, what Justin is talking about. So folks, this is a, a masterclass of stuff. And we're not... I mean, he's basically ripping back the curtain 
that was covering uh, brand deals and conversations with brands. And Justin, we are so stoked to have you on stage with us in a month's time in uh, sunny, hopefully sunny, uh, Orlando uh, at VidFest. But I want to get to some of these questions. And for those that are asking questions uh, in, in the Amazon chat or on any other tubes, and if you're not on Amazon, why not? Where have over. you been? Come Where have you over. been all our lives? Dealcasters.live. So let me pull up. Let me pull up. This is actually a comment. And this is from uh, our friend Fabian at Content uh, Creator Tools. Last week, a company offered me $10 for videos. I told them no way. And it was offensive, especially when I did a video for them that was over 500,000 views. Sometimes we have to give ourselves value. What would you say to that, Justin? Okay. So, uh, um, Content creative tools. You're, you might you might hate me for my what I'm about to say to you. Um, so first of all, yes, I do agree. There is a very large chasm between the performance that you brought to that brand and what they're offering you for money. Um, but one thing, one mindset shift that I think is really critical here is that sometimes the brands are not educated about what is reasonable and what is not. Maybe they have really not worked with influencers much. Maybe every single other person that they've reached out to has said, okay, 10 bucks, sounds good. Here's the thing. You have no control over those other people. I hear people all the time, oh, all these creators accepting free products and low rates. It's like screwing the rest of us and like all this stuff. And I'm here to say like, that is a victimhood mentality. You do not have any, you will never have any control over what someone else chooses to do with their business. The only thing you have control over is you, which is why the onus is on you to put together a very compelling, comprehensive proposal that the brand looks at and be like, wow, none of these other creators are offering, you know, help with consulting and strategy and understanding what other platforms they need to be on. And this person's giving me paid media rights for six months and they're going to help me create content for my Instagram and all this, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, this other person was offering just one live stream inclusion for 10 bucks. That's fine. But here, Chris and Jim are offering me all this stuff. Yeah, it's going to be 2500 bucks a month. But all of a sudden, I see they're going to help me un unlock my social media strategy. Do you see how that's a completely different proposal and a different pitch? And so I encourage you to, yes, it's easy to get insulted. And you can, you know, the, the, the worst thing you can possibly do, and this is the part where you're going to get mad at me, is to say, I'm offended by what you're saying. It, like, yes, there may be some brands and, and agencies out there who they're trying to prey on creators, but I do, I believe that that's in the minority. I believe that it's more about education. And if you are willing as a creator to put the education in, to put the time in to educate them, to jump on a Zoom call with them, there's so much money that you can unlock beyond just talking about the brand on your platform. Yeah, and I think you bring up another great point. I think we've seen this, Chris, from from some of the creators. Is you know you get into this mindset like like we that you've got to understand that right that education is critical and don't burn bridges. Mm. You burn that bridge, you may find out later like wow, this was really a big brand. I was just talking to the wrong person. So you got to be professional. You got to think about how you respond and and, and don't take it personally. Right, this is a business. And I, I think that's something that uh, that we can all learn, whether it's as a creator or just in life. Well, a lot, a lot of times, quickly about that idea, like a lot of times, okay, if you're a brand, let's say you're starting your own brand, right? The Dealcasters brand, you got mugs, t-shirts, whatever. I mean, you have t-shirts already, but but like some sort of consumer product brands, right? <clears throat> what do you think is going to be your first approach? You're going to go out there and you're going to send 500 creators. Hey, will you talk? Here's free product. 
see how many of are going to see if, how many of them are going to bite. That's called an earned media strategy, right? This is a thing. This is what PR agencies do, right? This is just part of a traditional PR tactic. Then they're going to have another tactic in addition to that of doing paid media, right? Where they're going to do paid ads. They're going to do work with creators. They're going to do billboard and bus benches and broadcast TV and yada, 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 right? It's all part of a comprehensive media strategy, okay? And so what I'm saying to you is that um, sometimes brands will, as their first kind of like effort, is to like go out and see if they can get you to work for free. And you say no, if you stand firm, stand your ground and be like, hey, you know, here's all the things that I'd love to do do for you. It's going to be, you know, 3,000 bucks a month or whatever. They may come back to you in two, three months and be like, hey, you know, I uh, just want to circle back on this where, you know, we've unlocked some more budget. I can't tell you how many times that has happened to my wife and I, where it's like, hey. sometimes you just need to be firm, but it's not about, it's not about, here's, here's the, another, you asked about mistakes. Here's another, one of the other biggest mistakes. When a brand reaches out offering free products or services or whatever, creators say, no, thank you. I'm prioritizing paid partnerships right now. You have literally gone, boom, you've slammed the door in their face. This is a perfect opportunity for you to educate them around why they should pay you. Because maybe they'd never thought of that before. Like, oh, I, I guess I just thought all creators did it for free because all these other creators did it for free. So again, shift to a passive strategy, to an active strategy, a victim, to an ownership mentality. And I guarantee you things are going to change. God, that is that is so money. I, you know, I, I guess I, I, there's a lot of people with that mindset of when the brand approaches you with just here's some free products we'd like for you to do X, Y, and Z. We uh, we think well, we either say yes or no, and it's done, right? When what you're talking about is like you know I'm more valuable than that because I can do all of these things. So I'm going to come back to them and say here's what I can do for you for X, and if they don't come back that's fine. Wasn't meant to be. There's going to be somebody else or, or whatever. I think a lot, a lot of people are afraid they're going to miss out and then they'll, ne- and that that brand will, will never come back. Is it a, you talk a lot about confidence. Is that one of the, one of the ways to work against Like how does, how does someone gain more confidence other than obviously putting in the reps and doing, doing the work and going live more and, and doing all that stuff? What are some, what are some ways to gain that confidence to, to stay to, I guess, stay hungry to work with these brands? So one thing that I think is particularly toxic is continuing to work with the onesie, twosie brands over and over and over, the quantity approach. Mm. Like you said, there is a value in like, yes, getting some repetitions, but at some point, you need to put your foot down and be like, okay, I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm no longer going going to accept, you know, these types of deals that are consuming all of my time Right. Yeah. Maybe like, okay. First of all, I am going to acknowledge that, like, you know, if you could do 10 deals a month and it adds up to a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, like that's meaningful. That's money. I'm not saying it's not. That's your mortgage. That's your car bill. That's like, that's meaningful money. However, if it is consuming all of your time, there is no way for you to sit back and be, start thinking, okay, let me be a little bit more strategic about the brands that I'm going to target. I'm going to, instead of doing five of these 10 deals this month, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend 30 minutes on a very strategic pitch to this dream brand that I have, right? I'm going to make a video, an unlisted video that I'm going to send them. I'm going to do yada, yada, yada. I'm going to, you know, put together this whole thing, right? And then I send that. I guarantee you, (laughs) 
you that is how you are going to take your business to the next level. Get that confidence, right? But if you get into this trap where you're just accepting every single deal all the time, it feels like you're on a treadmill, right? Because you can never get off it. You want to make this money that you're making, but at the same time, sometimes to take a step forward, you have to take a step back. And so I, I'm a big believer in the fact that like, you know, you, you may need, uh, here's a random example, but it should illustrate what I'm talking about here. For the last, I have a newsletter, okay, where I send out paid sponsorship opportunities every single week <laughs> to over 4,000 creators. By the way, if you're not on it, creatorwizard.com slash join. Um, and I have been paying someone $2,500 a month for the last year, basically, to help me curate this newsletter. It's a free newsletter, okay? And so if I had a mentality that like, wow, this is, you know, basically now almost over $25,000 out of my pocket, right? Then I... But the point was, is that I had a longer term vision in place. I said, okay, at some point I'm going to monetize this. I'm going to have coaching. I'm going to have courses. I'm going to have do all this. Right. And so I was willing to invest in the short term for a long term vision. And so it's the same. You can extrapolate the same idea as a creator when you're working with brands and sponsors. It's like, okay, I'm going to like invest some time. Yes, that may mean that I'm going to, it's going to be at the expense of, you know, some of these onesie, twosie deals. But I know, I believe that I will be able to work with these larger brands who are going to be paying me 5, 10K a pop. And it's going to take some investment. It's going to take learning. It's going to take taking some courses, learning, you know, hiring a coach, doing all these things to make myself improve. And then I will get there. And so I have never understood why there's this stigma around investing in your knowledge as a creator. When you want to go out in any other professional career, you go and you get a professional certification. You go back yes. to school. You go do all these things. And yet somehow there's a stigma around as a creator, when you're a freelancer, when you're a solopreneur in investing in your knowledge and expertise, I've never gotten. And so that's one of the things that I'm trying to destigmatize. Amazing. And and for those of you who heard it, if you have not signed up for this uh, email newsletter, it is fantastic. I'm not just saying that because, uh, you know, Justin's on the screen. And, and it's true. Every time I get it, uh, what I'm guilty of, Justin, is I kind of scroll down to the bottom first, you know, uh, you know, because that's where you that's where you say, here are the paid stuff that I found this week, and I'll, and I'll look at it, and you know, and because uh, it's not all it's not all for me, right? Right. I mean, and so um, you know, I will look at it and kind of investigate some stuff, but um, that is uh, man, Dude. that is chock full of value. Well, I and let me tell you, email. like this is V one, okay? The V V one of the newsletter is. These are all the opportunities that I found this week. Yeah, you're not going to be... I understand that you're not going to want to partner with Gerber, Chris, or something. Or maybe you are. I don't know. Uh, but Or Pedialyte, right? That They have other uses. <laughs> yes, of but, course. <laughs> but um, eventually, what I would love to do would be able to... You can set up your own subscriber preferences. So like, there will be... 20 versions of the newsletter. So a fashion influencer gets something very different than a live streaming influencer or whatever. And so like, that's where I see the newsletter in five years, but I, I'm not there yet. I don't have the infrastructure. I don't have the deal flow, but I'm working on it. And so um, that's really where I would like to take it to be able to like be a truly, you know, invaluable resource for any type of creator. But it's just uh, right now I'm surfacing the, the deals that I see. You know, one of the one of the things that Jim and I we catch a little flack for evangelizing for Amazon, um, for get, to try to get other content creators in into Amazon, whether it's sort of bolting on what they're doing existing or starting something uh, on Amazon, like we did, um, because we feel like it's it's something that we can help people with, and and uh, we just think it's 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 something that that we think is fantastic, and we get we get some. We get some slack uh, for that. Kind of uh, speaks to what we talked about earlier—the whole, you know, sort of competition and uh, type of deal. 
But sort of back to the pay, uh, being paid for doing something for products versus just receiving free products. One of the other things that I think content creators get slack for is not being paid and just getting products. It's obviously their choice whether or not they want to get paid. But sometimes you'll, you'll be in a conversation with the brand and the brand will say, well, they'll even name the other content creator and they'll say, you know, well, Justin Moore uh, did it without us even paying him and he just took the product. Now, I don't know this person. I don't know whether to believe them or not. I'm, I don't know if that's a sales tactic. It's gaslighting. Being, yeah, yeah it, yes, they're, they're, exactly. they're gaslighting you. <laughs> so what would you, say, what would you say to content creators who maybe have that thought about saying, hey, you're watering down the creator economy by not charging these brands. You have more value than that. And also, well, these brands that you're in a conversation with, when they use that against you in these conversations, how, how does that look? Yeah, so um, I so the first uh, part of the question around like uh, the mentality around you know other creators doing it for free again, you have no control. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a mindset thing. You have to get over it. Read some positivity books like that. That's my advice. I go over it a lot, a lot in my content and things like that. I do a live stream every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific all around. I talk a lot about confidence and all this stuff too. So I, I don't want to minimize that because it is a thing. Like I get it. It's like um, you know it can be very difficult to get out of the scarcity mindset when you aren't where you want to be, right? You're not at the follower level. You're not making the income you want. And so, of course, it's just like, oh, like I... Uh, one one I always see is like, oh, I... Like that creator has never worked with that brand. I've been the one... Or, you know, has never actually used that product. I'm the one who's been using it for three years. How did they not... How come they didn't reach out to me? And I'm just like, well, did you talk about it on social media for them to actually figure out that you were yep. a th authentic user of the product for three years, going back to the whole thing about tagging them organically, right? That's number right. one. Um, but uh, so, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is like, how do you actually handle brands who say that? And um, my favorite strategy is to essentially uh, make them question their current strategy. Okay. And so what I uh, mean by that is like, you, you know, a perfect response to something like that is like, oh, well, just did it for free. You could be like, oh, well, Super interesting to know. Um, can you share a little bit more about how you uh, repurpose the content? You know, did uh, Justin grant you the rights for three months to be able to, you know, uh, cut it down to a 30-second uh, spot or 15-second vertical 9 by 16 orientation that you can run as an IG story ad or a TikTok spark ad or something? Did, did he grant you those rights? Oh, he didn't. Interesting. Well, I specialize in those types of collaborations with a flat investment. Let me know if you'd like me to send you over some options of what that would look like. You see how, like, in two, in three sentences, I completely made them question, like, oh, well, no, Justin didn't give me that. Mm -hmm. Right, so, uh, yeah, let's talk. Now I see, okay, maybe I understand now why I have to pay you. And look, I understand, it's not going to work for everyone. Some brands are going to be like, you know, screw you. I'll go find another influencer. But a lot of brands won't. A lot of brands will be like, oh, interesting. Um, no, I had never considered that. And you'd be like, oh, uh, interesting. Like, I, I noticed that... I was looking at you, your YouTube channel and I noticed that all you're doing is posting your 30-second TV, TV ads on there. <laughs> well, I happen to know that that is not the type of content that does well on YouTube. Uh, let's say uh, you're talking to uh, REI, okay? Random outdoors brands, whatever, right? You say to them, um, well, this is really interesting, um, but you know what? I actually had a completely different idea. What if I create a talk show a web series where me and a bunch of other outdoor influencers sit around a campfire 
using REI gear. And we just tell stories of the outdoors. Lives on your YouTube channel. I don't even post about it on my page. That's the pitch. It's not, hey, I'll wear your, I'll use your latest like, you know, tent in my, my, my van life, YouTube vlog or whatever. <laughs> That's not the pitch. Right. right. And so it's like, so there, there's so many other things that you can pitch to a brand beyond yeah. just them renting your audience. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of people think it's a it's cookie cutter. Well, you know, here's here's all these content. This is this is sort of the roadmap. Here's my easy button, and um, you know what you did for this content creator, you can also do for me. I'll do your videos. I'll do all that instead of going like what you're talking about, which is let me get creative. Let me show them the value, um, not just from your resume that you put out there. You're like, hey, guess what? I can do this for you, and I could do this for you, and I could do this for you. Then you become someone. Like, I think people forget when you're talking to a brand, the person that you're talking to wants to look good to their boss. Right. Oh. <clears throat> yep. 100%. 100%. I mean, do their job for them. Right? That's the thing is like, especially when it comes back to like crafting a compelling pitch, when you come to them and say, Hey, I love your brand. I'd love to collaborate. <laughs> you have basically just put the ball in their court and be like, Hey, think up an idea mm -hmm. of how yeah. we can work together. And the brand's <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, sorry, I have a million other things on my plate. It, contrast that with you being like, Hey, uh, I saw that you were running this campaign uh, last spring. Are you running that again this year? I would love to activate this on TikTok. I noticed you're not on TikTok. I would love to do three TikToks. I'll give you usage rights. I can turn it around to you in seven days. What do you think? The chances of them just saying, yeah, sounds good uh, with no changes is unlikely, but at least you put something in right. front of them mm -hmm. and, and it's tangible. They could be like, oh, well, you know, we're not really activating on TikTok, but I like this idea. Like, can you do this on Instagram? Can you do this on mm -hmm. Amazon Live? Can you do this on Yachty? Right? So the onus is on you to put together a compelling proposal that they would actually respond to. God, that's money. That is so money. We've got another question here from Jim uh, uh, Mullen on Amazon. Uh, what's the difference between a brand and an agency? And how do you tell them apart? Sure. So a brand is uh, an entity like Google Pixel. Google is the brand, right? Um, and their agency is a completely separate organization that helps Google market the product. Okay, so this is like, you know, the big agencies of the world, like Edelman and Ketchum. And it's kind of confusing because there's all sorts of different types of agencies too. So you've got media agencies who are responsible for the holistic marketing strategy for a brand. So how, okay, we're going to be advertising on, you know, TV and on out of home billboards and, you know, digital media and all this stuff. So that's a media agency. They run point on the entire strategy. Then there's the PR agency. So public relations, they're responsible for you know, comms. And, you know, if there's a crisis, they help with like, you know, what you say to them press and like all this stuff. Then now there's influencer agencies who are it's like right. very specific and all they do is influencer activation. So um, it's, it's like a very different entity. They are not the brand. They represent the brand and they help the brand market the product. And I think it's, it's good to, it's a great question because, you know, you, you, who are you talking to when you're having these conversations? What are their, uh, what are their priorities? That is, that's key. So I know we're running up against the time. This is a, uh, man, I don't know. What's the next level of a masterclass? What, like, <laughs> I, whatever that is, um, that, it's, that's it's, what we just had. It is a wizard's cauldron. No, I just made Ooh. that up. <laughs> wizard. I got wizard in my name. So I, I feel like I need to play on words of that or something like that. <laughs> Justin, you're awesome, man. You you uh, you have made a lot of people better today, and um, man, we really appreciate you uh, giving uh, all your time, ladies and gentlemen. It's CreatorWizard.com. 
make sure you go there and join it at the very least join this man's email uh, list. I trust me. It has, there are, I'm subscribed to a lot of email newsletters and I have to say, you're one of the ones I read every time. Um, Man. and that is, that is saying a lot because I know a lot of people get a lot of junk, right? And Man. Chris doesn't like to read that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to read actually. Yeah. Someone I mean, reads just it look to at me the, at the pretty yeah. pictures and, yes. uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, that that means a lot to me, man. And uh, by the way, I do include pretty pictures in it. I include new mm-hmm. content and new videos and things like that in addition. So if you want to get better at this stuff, right, get better at learning how to negotiate and all this stuff, I could talk about, this is all I talk about, guys. I don't talk about growth. I don't talk about anything. I talk about sponsorships. That's all I talk about. So if you want to work with brands, if you want to make more money, come hang out with me. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you, everyone who's joined us. Uh, uh, Listen, you know who else you got as a super fan that if you have not met this gentleman that's that's lighting up the Amazon chat here is Doc Rock. Um, He said that uh, that he can tell that you guys are going to be fast friends because uh, you guys are uh, very, uh, very aligned. But in any event, Justin, thank you so much again uh, for everything. And as always to everyone, don't fear the gear. Thanks for listening to Dealcasters. Congratulations, you've taken another step forward in your content creation journey. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button here in your favorite podcast player so you can be reminded every time we drop an episode. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. And if you're wanting to watch our shows live on Amazon, feel free to follow Dealcasters Live as well at dealcasters.live. Follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also included added content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you have questions about this episode or have something you want us to review, you can also email us at dealcasters at dealcasters.live. Thanks again for listening. And you know the deal. Don't fear the gear.